Mankato smelled like yeast. That's what they tell me. I can't smell. What? I don't have a sense of smell. Yeah, he doesn't. It's true. I have a really good sense of smell. So can you not taste things? Probably not as well. But it's normal to me, so it's just Yes, yeah, so you don't know. So, uh, is that why you can handle those hats for so many years? Probably. Okay. What hats? Well, <laughs> All of those? Yeah. Well, there's just one. Actually, <laughs> actually, just one I'm curious about. Like, if you didn't have a sense of smell, would you just be, like, the healthiest eater of all time? And, like, fuck it, kale, steak, I don't give a shit, you know? No, because I'm a heavy text. Like, texture is more important to me. Uh, and so anything uh, with a weird texture, I don't like. So well, what is a weird texture to you? Um, Tofu? Potatoes? Mushrooms, steak? sauteed mushrooms. The steak have a weird texture. Adult. I don't like a lot of pasta. I like a lot of carbs. Oh, okay. Things that make you feel full. Yeah. Things that make you feel. Oh. That's interesting. Things <laughs> that make you feel full. <laughs> so things that make you feel full. Yeah, because I, I feel like I feel like yeah, you know just yeah. my addiction to you know sugar, fat, and salt. You know, basically sugar, fat, and salt. Sugar, fat, and salt. Sugar, fat, and salt. Sugar. Oh, we're gonna break it down now. <laughs> fat <laughs> and salt. This might be boxing. Hi, I'm Philip. I'm Matt. First, we'll have a little chat, then put on our ring Now it's time for next step. Hey everybody, uh, today's a different episode because uh, today is our 100th episode. So we got professional Foley artists. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, we should have gotten Jake Scott to do fart noises. Oh, he 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 does fart no- fart noises out of like the side of his mouth. It's weird. His upper lip. Yeah, moves. his upper lip moves. It's amazing. Uh, like only. That's a horse. I don't know. But that's a horse. That's not a horse. Nobody else can do it. He's epically good at it. Wow. Um, but uh, since the beginning, Philip and I were talking about on the 100th episode, we would have somebody interview us. And so today we've gotten Casey Hag and Eric Heiberg to come in and do that very thing. Yay. Thank you, Casey and Eric, for being here. And uh, we're going to turn the microphone over to you. Great. Great. Oh, <laughs> Casey goes, great. And then looks over at me. <laughs> what are you going to say? I looked over at Casey and like, well, I don't want to take over the whole fucking interview. Well, I'm going to, you know, I've been really, I've been studying um, Terry Gross, warming up to oh this. Oh my Ooh. God. Yes. Let's trap them in a fucking, <laughs> let's trap them in a fucking, in the well want, of their own lives. I want to make them cry like she did to um, Tracy Morgan. She won what? what? Oh yeah, Google it. You get me, Tracy, or no? You get me, uh, Tracy, you get me, Tracy Terry. Morgan, Tracy get, Morgan yeah. cried, not Terry yeah. Gross. I thought Terry Gross no, cried. Oh, like, she doesn't cry. She didn't cry? No, she goes <laughs> to sleep in like a cold cooler. <laughs> <laughs> you cannot rattle her, man. You cannot rattle her. Well, Anywho. it won't be as good as Terry she Gross. She jams no. out to Philip Glass. Yeah. 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 Pretty, pretty badass. I, uh, I do have questions, but please. Do we start with questions? <laughs> yeah. Great. Yeah. How, how was your day? Uh. <laughs> I fucking I thought of that one Best all question. night long, two in the morning. I was like, oh, what can I ask? What can I ask? Oh, I got it. How was your day so far? That that is my go-to for uh, doing sound checks. Yeah. We already did that though. We are, so. we already did that. Um, what is next for your improv? For next at bat specifically, I'm assuming. Or no, just you, your improv in general. Oh. Are you working on something right now? Good question, Casey. Thank you. 
Hmm. I mean, I know, Philip, you do comedy sports because we do that together. Yes, I do comedy sports. I do several things. Mm-hmm. I do comedy sports. Uh, I do the local music scene, mm. which is once a month at Bryant Lake Bowl. Yep. That cast also does the painters yeah. sometimes. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Oh, it's the same cast. It's the exact same cast. That. I never noticed that. I just thought you had a circle of friends that didn't include me, Philip. Uh, all of these things don't include me. Okay, <laughs> whatever. Continue. It's the same cast because it came. The form came out of a mm-hmm. practice we uh-huh. had. Uh, Matt and I are both have a group called Emperor Penguin that we want to do some more shows of. Oh, Casey's in that. Oh, weird. Uh, everyone but Eric. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's lovely. I mean, so, so who, Eric, if you weren't uh, such an asshole, uh, no. maybe people would want to perform with you. I insist on being an asshole. Yeah, well, you either take me as an asshole or you don't. Then you lay in that bed. But no, 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 no. But seriously, with Terry seriously. Gross. Yeah. But what? Oh, with Terry Gross. Okay. Oh, I'm going to try doing, oh, I'm trying to do some duo stuff. I just started a group called really? Impromancy where uh, Shay and I. Shay Roberts. Shay Roberts. She has a pug. Does she? So, yeah. <laughs> Fun fact. I didn't know that. Well, or she takes photos with a pug and sends it to me. What? What? Yeah. She, she has, just yeah. sends a pug and <laughs> sends it to you and says pay for this pug and hoping you'll think it's And then I don't. And yeah. then, so there's probably a lot of dead pugs on my watch. Because um, they're cat people. I don't know that they have there a is pug. An o- Ask her about it. Okay. There's an old pug. I mean, it's old because it's got a gray face. And it. she sends me photos. So... Yeah, I, I and then she talks to me about Wawa all the time. She's a pug lover. Okay, I have not seen this this dog. I've been over to her house many a time. So maybe it's like her family's. Oh, maybe. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. We don't talk about the past. We improvise as fortune tellers, so we just oh. predict the audience's futures. That's the whole show. Yeah, it's like all crowd work. It's just interacting with the crowd. Why do you do the things that you hate? That's a great That's question. That's a really good question. <laughs> that, that, that actually kind of gets to the start of the show. <laughs> that gets right into Next at Bat. Yes, yeah. oh. uh, it does. Because, yeah, I'm not a person that talks to people. No. Um, and I started an interview show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So where that came from was, <laughs> so this is, when did we start? Five, six years ago? Like Yeah, five or six years ago. I was your first guest. You are? Yeah. With M4W. Yeah. Yep. So I was taking improv classes Matt and I were in You weren't in together. the city yet. Jesus yeah, you Christ. You didn't live here. <laughs> Whatever. You were in the south. <laughs> south. You were in secession land. It comes out like a turd on your mouth. Well, south. I'm glad it came across no, you're the right. way you're I right. wanted it to. <laughs> no, you're right. Just kidding. Just kidding. JK, south. I love you. And so Please. I had just gotten into both improv and podcasts, and I was mm-hmm. listening to a lot of comedy Bang Bang, which was comedy death ray at the time. And so what they do is they have a fake interview show and then they have improvisers and comedians come on as characters half of the time. Mm. It's a, it's a different than this, but what I what I took from it was there's all these like LA improvisers that I know and love from this show. Why don't we do something with all the talented people in the Twin Cities? Mm-hmm. But then that would mean um, talking to people <laughs> <laughs> and yes. recording it. And so I, I tagged Matt McLeod, mm-hmm. who I was in class with, because he was good at networking. Mm-hmm. He was good at talking to other people and that were in groups. Uh, I knew he was good at talking and interviewing. Uh, he was good at all the parts that you need to do with the podcast. Yeah. And so I got him involved. Nice. And at the time, I had been listening to a lot of WTF with Mark Maron. Yeah. Uh, so I was, I was very game to try my hand at interviewing which i had done a bit of 
when I worked for a college radio station. Like I was. Uh, what was the name of it? KUMD. What was its like tagline? The Beast. <laughs> I actually I don't remember. <gasps> did you do Did you do one of those college uh, the college version of like one of those drive in morning radio shows? <laughs> no, no. I, I was the uh, nine p.m. to one a.m. show. You were part of the what? Nine p.m. to one a.m. show. It was the modern. Coveted slot. But it was the modern rock. That was the only time that they played modern rock on oh. fucking college radio. Huh. So Philip and I were in class together, and and you were always the person that I felt like I connected with most on stage <laughs> in the class. And so I remember as the as I think our fourth class was winding down. I don't know. Maybe it was our third class. Can I. I Pulled you aside. I remember it was on the, like that little raised platform next to the bar at twenty six oh five. Okay. And uh, and said, you know, when, when we're all done, uh, we should really do something together. And and you're like, actually, I have this idea. And that's when you ran the idea of next really? day by me. Yeah. I don't remember that. I remember calling you on the way to a New Year's party. <laughs> and uh, we talked about it then. Well, maybe maybe it's like the it w- beginning of a, a rom com. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, maybe it was raining. And maybe was like, it was that. Uh, Matt, hello? And, you're crying. And we just kept missing each other. And I, I, dro- I drove to where I knew he would be, <laughs> but my car got stuck behind a bunch, a line of other cars. So I got out and I just started running. <laughs> I was in the middle of doing a podcast with this guy that my parents thought that I should be doing a podcast with, <laughs> but I didn't feel right. It, <laughs> and, and and I and I showed up at the at the studio, which was for some reason outdoors. Yeah. Well, uh, of course. And so they were behind glass and I just started pounding on the glass <laughs> with water streaming down on top of me. Wait, wait, wait. Now now you're inter- now you're mixing up your rom-com with The Graduate, which can't possibly be a rom-com. <laughs> it ends very, very sad. Spoiler. I don't know what you're talking about. I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> uh, and uh, and I just started yelling, Stella! 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 <laughs> again, again, wait. not a rom-com nope, at that point. Nope, like, nope, like, nope. Yep. Yep. And then I can't, so a guy with a hockey mask came out and killed us both with a machete. How'd you know what happened? You were in the hockey mask. <laughs> it was you. Yeah, okay. But, yeah, I mean, that's that's essentially uh, how, how things got started. It's really cool, Philip, that you push yourself to do that, the things that you don't want to, that you're not comfortable doing. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I think a lot of people get stuck doing just what feels comfortable and then they don't grow. Why did you look at me when you said that? Did you look directly at me did not with look the at eye you. and look straight at me. <laughs> and and then we decided to, you know, wait and try to get some pre-production stuff in place before before jumping right in. Like we took a while to get a theme song. Mm. Uh, yeah, we made the theme song. It took us a little bit to figure out what it would be. The format, because yeah. I was coming from com- from uh, comedy bang bang, wanting to do more more of a show, and you were coming from WTF, wanting to do more of an interview, right? And it makes so that's why it's interview and then the bat, mm. yeah, which I think is makes the most sense anyway. It, I think so too. What what who drew the the, the promo Nixon bat uh, cartoony thing? Oh yeah, uh, that was. Lucy Bellwood. She's a cartoonist from uh, Portland, Oregon. Oh, that uh, that I sort of know. Um, I backed a Kickstarter of hers about six years ago, and Ooh, that's a long, long term favor you called in, man. And yeah. uh, well, I mean, 
Next at Bats been around been for, for five years. Three, three and a half, four That's years. Three oh, and a half. Okay. Ten? Yeah, probably going on for Seven? three and a half. Okay. Um, <laughs> it was February twenty fourth. I'm what, so bad at Was when we released our first episode in 2013. Wait, 2012. That 2012 makes more 2012. sense. Yeah, 2012. In my mind. Uh, yeah, so shortly after we got started and the reception was far beyond what we hoped it would be. Well, I remember that first You're welcome. episode yeah. we, we recorded with, <laughs> with M4W. It was supposed to just be a test run. It was. It, but, but it was so good. We we're like, oh, this will just be the first episode. And yeah. then we, what you told us that we were your grand opening best guests ever. You were. What makes a good, what do you consider makes a good interview? That's what I want to know. As someone who's been interviewed on your thing twice, I really want to know what makes a good interview. So that we can do it right So now. we can compare <laughs> that, and I can figure out if fucking Casey beat me. <laughs> uh, I think we probably have different ideas of what that might be. Yeah, you start. Well, let's hear both of them, and I'll see which one's right. Um, first, first thing I do want to talk about, you know, M for W. We did discuss heavily. We wanted to get a very like well-known and popular group as the first episode, and M for W was right in the middle of. We were at our heyday. Yeah, you were. You you were the hotness at the time. Yeah, and I remember that. And so it was it was pretty important for us to, you know, kind of get the perfect storm of that as well as people that we knew and liked. And we we knew that we could do this with Mm, them, mm -hmm. that we wouldn't be intimidated by our first effort, uh, or at least not any more than just the the act itself. Yeah. Is that fair to say? Yes, but because you were better at networking, you knew them. I didn't That's really know true. them yet. Uh, yeah. I think we met. We might have met that day. Which, Casey. Yeah. if I'm remembering, this is that was part of the reason that you wanted to do this was to get to know some of the people at Huge a little bit more. Okay, so you look at the the lineup at Huge sometimes, and like mm-hmm. especially Wednesdays, and it's like, oh, here's four groups. I don't recognize any of the names of these groups, mm-hmm. uh, and so it was like, oh, it'd be great if there was like, oh, you could go listen to them talk and find out yeah. who they are oh, and what sure. they do. Yeah. That was kind of the premise. It's a great idea as well. So it's like, so there's now a hundred of these where you can go, Oh, what, what is, uh, uh, survivors of the undead plague all about? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you can go back and listen to that episode and hear them explain it themselves and then get into the improv theory of it. Cause every, yeah. every person and group kind of has their own philosophy that they're, that they're chasing. And then, in the bat kind of get a sample of their style. Mm-hmm. So I think the good interviews really get into people's improv philosophy. Well, on that note, what is your philosophy? <laughs> both yeah. of you for improv. Uh, oh boy. It's a hard well, question. Yeah, it's, a, it's a broad question too. Right? Like, like if you had to push it all down into like one thing, it's like, it's like asking like, what's the, what's your philosophy of life? You yeah, know? it is. It's, yeah, yeah. It is asking. That, right, basically. right, right. And it's, and it's, and it's difficult. Uh, yeah. Like, like I, I've struggled trying to myself, trying to figure out like how to break that down sure. even mm-hmm. more. And, and there do wind up being certain things of like, and it's starting with like, uh, my two favorite questions are, are like, not, not to fuck you, Casey, and your your run Why Casey and I hate each other so much? No. Um, uh, but like, what is um, like, what are the shows that you typically wind up liking to see, and why do you like them? Mm-hmm. And also, and the the broader question, I think that just doesn't get answered uh, with any kind of nuance or complexity is, uh, what does 
improv theater offer you as an audience member that scripted theater does not so either one of those questions yeah both of those questions like what do you like and then maybe we extract out like mm. what is your improv philosophy maybe mm. you know so i fixed that for you casey thank you so much. you're welcome <laughs> I, I just mansplained that real yep, good thank you you're welcome I'm just a stupid stupid <laughs> girl <laughs> i love you so much well i i guess i'll start with the second question sure there are so many questions there were uh I still never talked about my inter- my favorite interview. Oh, God. Uh, that's all right. Yeah, we just skipped. <laughs> um, we didn't even ask you what you're doing in improv right now either. That's okay. mm. no, no, you guys, interviewing nothing. is so hard. That's why I have Matt do it. It's yeah. so easy if you don't care. And that's why it's easy for me. It's hard for me for sure. Hard for Casey. She actually gives a shit. <laughs> um, answer whatever question you want to answer. Yeah, yeah, oh, okay. Um, what I get out of improv compared to like viewing improv compared to um, other scripted work is like the immediacy of it. When I'm watching, I I guess for lack of a better way of putting it, uh, good improv, I find myself leaning forward involuntarily. Like I'll notice at some point I'm leaning forward involuntarily. Usually my mouth is open and in a smile Mm. with this sense of like wonder and anticipation of just like literally every moment, what's going to happen next. And in scripted theater... Um, it doesn't happen? No, it doesn't. Um, because scripted theater follows conventions and tropes. Uh, even if they're subverting them, there's there's always a method to it. Whereas in improv, literally anything can happen at any moment. There's archetypal tropes and methods built into our brains just because we make, try to make sense of things. But also at any moment we can break from that. And so we literally don't know what's going to happen next. And, and, and that's what makes it so exciting for me. <laughs> and watching people who are particularly adept at adapting to what's happening and incorporating all of the different elements of what's going on in a particular scene, there's just nothing like it. Uh, so what would be an example of maybe like a show, maybe a movie or a TV show that you, that you really, really love, that you really, really love? Like what's your, like your favorite movie, your favorite TV show or favorite play? Well, I mean, I like those things for very different reasons. Right, 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 right. Um, right. But my favorite movie is probably The Sweet Hereafter, directed by Adam Agoyan. Is it so? Was there no part of the thing like leaning forward, mouth agape, mouth mm-hmm. agape, anything mm-hmm. that then that's not how that resonated with you? How did it? How did it? Like, I'm trying to differentiate like how improv resonates with you versus maybe a movie, versus a play, versus a book, mm-hmm. versus a you know something that actually does follow the tropes, including like again books, you sure, know, even yeah. Well, I mean, I guess in, in, in that sense, The Sweet Hereafter was uh, very non-traditional. It took me about 10 viewings to really figure out the chronology of it because it was told so out of sequence and the director did not hold the audience's hand hmm. um, about when different scenes were occurring. Huh. Um, so that was, even though the subject matter was not in the slightest bit light, it was very thoughtful, philosophical, and uh heavy it was still very surprising over over the course of the film as to what was going to occur next that sense of surprise and i mean is it a sense of vulnerability too potentially that draws you to improv like i I think so i feel like there's in my mind right now i'm imagining 
when I watch movies and things like that, there is a disconnect because you can pause it. You can, you know, there's movies especially, but theater too. I know that all the actors know exactly what's happening. They have a stage Mm -hmm. manager who knows exactly what's happening. Um, Things do go awry, um, but those are mistakes and they're not, they're not wanted. Um, Because I've done, I've started doing more scripted stuff lately and I do feel a less of a connect, a connection with the audience. Mm Mm-hmm. And so maybe, and I'm guilty of this. I don't. I don't sit and watch a lot of improv. Why? It's terrible. Well, <laughs> it's awful. Well, I just don't have. Well, it is hard as an improviser to watch improv, and I think that's a general statement. I, I have a lot, hard time doing it. Yeah, too. because mm-hmm. I don't know whether it's like oh, I wish I was up there, or it's like I don't. I don't know. I, I I have a hard time. But when I have watched it, there is feeling of connection. So I wonder mm-hmm. if that it has something to do with the lean in and mouth open feeling one of the reasons that i'm hesitant to watch improv partially is this sort of odd fear of cribbing other people's work what do you mean by that like uh, like taking you're saying like like taking uh, taking you're making uh, a scripted theater and taking it as a shorthand for what you're gonna do right uh, yeah like, uh, noting well of uh of abs- ac- accidentally like taking other people's material yeah uh, oh like i i saw this one show i saw this one show with drew and matt where matt got up and and, and just put a gun like, in drew's I'm face Eric. yeah put a drew in his put, put a put a gun in in, in in drew's face and said say what again motherfucker say what again what country is what from no, no i'm kidding he didn't do that no. <laughs> he never did that but, but like you could creep from scripted work we could creep from yeah yeah i, I, I see what you mean yeah, yeah. uh but, interesting but i mean uh like especially on nights where i perform i really don't want to watch anybody ahead of time because that's going to get into my that's going to get into that like ether uh and mm. and so mm. when i'm just letting that filter uh thin out in between where my brain is and my mouth and my actions those sorts of things can creep in there yeah Ooh. yeah i saw one of my I, I came back i normally don't uh i don't like watching improv very much it's pretty well known i never liked it even when i before i even started uh-huh. um but like i wound up uh when i come back into the green room to tell you i really liked your show yeah. i really liked your show uh and there was a uh you were in sultans of silly man right yeah. and i came back afterwards it was really thoughtful and nice of you it's real no fuck that thoughtful nice fuck thoughtful nice that's just the truth this is what actually happened like mm-hmm. you you were uh thoughtful and nice as you walk by and they go hey Way to go. That's and then you, you just get them to say anything. every one of my shows. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get to that, Casey, anyway. <laughs> I still love you, Casey. Anyway, look. So when is, when is, yeah, and I just say that to Casey as she goes out. I still love you. You know, there's that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, but um, but like Sultan's a Silly, uh, you, Denzel, uh, and John Gattrotatos. And That's the show. His last name. The show. Yeah. I, 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 you know what? I just say it wrong every time. I don't care. Oh, that was uh, right. Okay. So, Gabriel So, he, he had a, um, uh, like, you guys put on a show that was, uh, that was, uh, had portals in it, was stupid, had no plot point that if you looked, you took this and you made it a scripted show, you would think this is the stupidest sketch of all time and no one would come. But the idea that everybody on stage, pursued this uh, bizarre reality with the kind of level of honesty and it's particularly you Matt uh, there were moments in the show again these are not great lines they're just lines that came from a place where uh, that came from a place that seemed really honest as if 
the actual actor believed that he was in these fantastical situations. All the actors on stage believed that they were in these fantastical situations, which is ridiculous because you're all, all three of you assholes are just making this up. And so there's this level of joy that exists in me. And so watching you do this where, especially this one line, what I still remember, um, I think John, John said something, you know, like uh, about like what we need to do next in this silly put together adventure of like, uh, like, well, you don't know what you don't know about portals. You know, he says something like that to you mm-hmm. and you just very matter of factly, very quickly, matter of factly just said, we're not all interested in the same things you are, Robert, you know, <laughs> but it wasn't, it wasn't like the line itself could have been said any number of ways. If the line had been said with any level of artifice, mm-hmm. then that would have been a stupid line and we wouldn't have thought about it. But the fact that you said it so honestly, and I can't even reproduce it makes it so that even when I retell that part of the improv, it doesn't come off as the, it's so funny and it makes me clap my hands together in glee as it was when it first happened because the Matt McLeod, who's, I only think the Matt McLeod at this moment can restate that line in the same way, in the same instance, in the same thing. But it, again, these people, these grown-ass men and women playing make-believe in a world where they, in a place where we know you guys don't know what the script is mm-hmm. and yet you believing that you're actually there to like, we don't all have the same. We don't all have the same. Uh, we don't have the same interests as you, Robert. You know, like this very matter of fact thing that could have been said at a bagel shop or whatever about something that was less fantastical mm-hmm. creates this juxtaposition of reality and not reality that makes you very happy and remember and makes you remember what things were like when you were a kid. And now I'm getting into my stupid ideas of what yeah. I find interesting about improv. But I wanted to, and was really trying to. Sorry, I went off the rails. No. I, yeah. No. No. No! No! Yeah. Casey's supposed to say no anytime I tar- turn the conversation back around on me. I liked Sultans of Silly. You're Silly. welcome. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank yeah, you. Exactly. You're welcome. Yes. And, and, you know, I should probably let Philip talk here at some point. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. But, uh, but g- getting into my philosophy of improv, and then I will shut up, yeah. uh, is, uh, is basically my same philosophy of acting, which is attempting to get back to that childlike state where... You know, you're playing out in the sand, and this is very specific to mine, past, but playing out in the sandbox and, you know, your mom yells for you to come inside, but you yell back, I can't, mom. Like, if I come inside right now, the princess is going to drown. And, uh, and like, and having that imagination be so real to you mm-hmm. that it's palpable. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the state that I try to get to, if, if it's at all possible. That's the correct answer. Let's see what Phil says. <laughs> <laughs> wow, listening to to you talk about how you don't watch shows was so funny because I'm the exact opposite. You like to watch shows I watch with a candy lot of shows. in your pocket. Yeah. I I <laughs> love I love them, but I just don't do it a lot anymore. Well, here's the thing, yeah. especially the day of how you're saying you're you're afraid of of like stealing people's thing. That's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Because it, I think that's the we beauty all think of you're it. Ridiculous, well, I think that's the beauty of it is like I feel tying it in. <laughs> But tying tying in other things, like I love the conversations backstage because I'm like I can't wait to see how this manifests in our set. Backstage, yeah. sure, but like I don't, I don't. I don't um, know. So I hear well, what here's you're a, I've had like I think Joe Bozik has I've heard it from the most is like uh, sometimes he'll give you a note like do like just do other people's characters like do an impression of someone you know or do casey's go-to kid character because it coming through you the dad <laughs> it's the, the, but mom oh. but. <laughs> because coming through you it's going to be a completely new character yeah. so you're just limiting yourself by being by worrying about that but also like 
uh, not watching the show before is crazy to me. When a improv show is working, I think of it the way uh, Kerouac talks about uh, jazz, like when they get it, mm-hmm. and like it's like an intangible thing, but when they get it, the audience knows, and like the entire crowd, is like oh this, they have it now, and everyone's wrapped and paying attention and enjoying the hell out of it until it eventually it passes for me the what works the best for our improv that can't work in scripted theater is that like group mind clicking yeah not only with the actors but with the entire audience mm-hmm. so for me i i love watching the shows before my set like i get like it bums me out that i don't get to see the people immediately before me because i have to be backstage because you're missing out on half an hour of what the audience is getting. Mm. So you're like missing that group mind. Hmm. And with that, Philip has proven that he's the best of all of us at this table. Philip does come to a lot of shows and that is really great and nice. Well, I mean, again, maybe not nice. Maybe the guy just acts. I'm not. not, not <laughs> he just actually likes to do it. He really, really enjoys right. this, and that like, not, but it's nice for us. <laughs> yeah, it is. Come nice to my show, us. Philip. <laughs> I no, I do. I come to. I go, whenever. Basically, if I'm not in a show that night, I'll try to go see a show because I like to see. Like that's part of Next to Bat too. Is I I interested in all these new groups forming. Mm-hmm. I want to know more about them. I want to see an example. Mm. Um, I mean, and then it's enjoyable yeah. most of the time, unless it's really bad. Why did you look at me when you <laughs> said that? You looked right at me when he said it. It's really bad. And his eyes just opened right at me. On a completely unrelated note, I don't think either of us have ever been in a group with Eric. Completely unrelated. Anyway, continue. <laughs> I'm going to go cry now. Thanks a lot. Yeah, none of you have. That's fine. I'll just go stay over here in the corner. <laughs> Casey, you can finish the interview, right? Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I sure can. I find that question fascinating, and clearly for for obvious reasons, you know. I mean, like it's always a little bit different. I've asked that question from a lot of people, like mm-hmm. a lot of like people, Joe Bill, uh, Bill Arnett, a whole bunch oh, of people. Name dropping. Name <laughs> fucking dropping. I'm the host, and I got fucking connections. <laughs> no, um, but no, like I have asked this question. Um, and it, and it's always I'm fascinated by it. it's always a little bit different like it's always at least a little bit and sometimes widely different so that was that like what, what does that offer and like what's uh, what's a group that you really like it better be a group that I'm in <laughs> you fucking sons of bitch or Casey you know either way no I I don't need my ego boosted well I do so I fucking do really I'm in a bad place right now <laughs> <laughs> going through some shit right now man I can really get some positive things so just let me just give you a list of those groups that I've been in and you just say the names, okay? Now if he says one, it's not going to be genuine. No, That's well, true. here's the thing. is I was going to say two groups. Diorama, hmm. which is Eric and yeah. Sophie, and uh, About Sophie Time. Broussard. About Time, yeah. Which is Casey yeah, and what's that guy's name? Kenny Pierce. I have never met that guy. Yeah. I, I love Kenny. Yeah, he's, he's amazing. Great. He's he's a dream to be on stage with. Y- you were in the original program with him, right? Yeah. Yep. We went up uh, through classes together, too. Then we did throwback which turned into the score yeah oh god i missed the score, <clears throat> score yep. was great. and then he had a baby and moved to northfield and then i was like hi hey Aww. hey i really want to perform with you and then i signed us up for improv go go and then we got in and then i was like uh hi we actually have to perform and then we're doing wednesdays and yeah thank you 
Oh, and it's fantastic because what both of those groups do is it's the same characters for the whole time. Yours is a mono scene. Diorama's a mono scene. Mm. About time is like three scenes, kind of. Yeah, we don't really have a set, but yeah, that's what it ended up being. And you jump out to talk to the audience. But it's you really Mm. delve into these characters, and it's like you're playing emotionally honest and really getting in deep with into the into the relationship so those are two groups that i really like uh or what about uh, what, and i'm kind of serious at this but like what about the mess uh what about uh show x what about um and, and feel free to badmouth the mess of show no, okay. <laughs> well have you ever seen splendid things Oh, I love Spencer. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All of no, all of these groups but I love ha, they, for different like, reasons. Like R two, uh, the ones you just mentioned, seem like they kind of have a very similar style. In in a yeah. way, I mean, like 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 it seems like over. Like I have not seen about time. Sorry, and I guess I'm gonna. Go That's see okay, it I haven't seen Diorama. Oh, great, 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 great. <laughs> what I mean, like uh, like like the whole purpose of Diorama is from my perspective, and of course, you know, Ask Sophie and it'll be different, but. But it's definitely like I I know I've had a I like the show that we're in if if it's something where uh, like oh my god I didn't there's something about this character I didn't realize before and I discover it mid yeah. show, um, but I don't know I don't know if that's the you know that's not yeah. the same focus as like the painters or you know what I mean like mm-hmm. like what are the painters I'm such a bizarre we gotta we gotta talk about the painters uh, you know or local music scene or yeah yeah I think I because I, I I love the mess and all and pretty much any group you, you mentioned I'm going to love yeah. for different reasons. I think what I, why I mentioned those two is because it's because when you spend so much time delving into one thing, it's more, it's all discovery as opposed to invention. Mm-hmm. And I'm definitely like a ninja style improviser, you know, if it pirate robot ninja, if you're not, no, not I know. Uh, so I, a lot of what I do like local music scene is Armando style. I I prefer things where I can sit back and then snipe snipe, but it's all I, I, my style is like, I'm not good at deck lines. I'm not coming out good at coming out. Like I'm not good at comedy sports sometimes because of this, uh, because what I, what I'm more into, (laughs) what I'm more into is, is calling back something that's already exists and going with that instead of inventing something. And with a bunch of games on top of it, it's kind of hard to. Sorry, if you have oh, one yeah, minute with a bunch of games on top, it's kind of hard to like call back, you know? Yeah. To something and make it worthwhile. You know? So those those groups I mentioned, because it's discovery as opposed to invention. Interesting. Cool. What about you, Matt? Favorite groups? Yeah. Well, m- most most of my favorite groups don't exist anymore. But yeah, splendid thing. Just say Sultan's a silly. He's just such a hipster like a for improv groups. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Uh, sorry, <laughs> l- let me put splendid on my things. beret and smoke a clove cigarette. Oh, I think while everyone I say is that. still. We should also be wearing black for splendid things. Yeah, splendid yeah. things. Finger gun. Oh. Uh, finger gun has put on some of my favorite shows I've ever seen. Why? Um, Why do you like those guys? Well, partially because I really, really love watching Fred Bukema. Uh, oh God, yeah, uh, and, and he hardly ever performs. Yeah, and watching the five of those guys work group scenes, they were so complimentary of each other. Um, they never stepped on each other's toes, and they just made everything work super well. Mm. It was sort of like pre mess mess. Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. And I, I saw a show one time yeah. where they were like they they went into like one of the scenes showed up and in the show wind up being uh, I think Nels and I forget who else was in the this in the scene 
And they just, it was just a two person hostage negotiation scene that took up like at least half the show yeah. before they started going a whole bunch of other stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like that scene, everybody was smart. Like I was so impressed with everybody else on the stage yeah. not interrupting the scene. Like, yeah. oh, no, no, this scene is good. We're just going to, we're just going to sit back. Mm-hmm. And let the scene keep going and then offer help as it needs me or wipe the scene. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. and I think those groups are something that people should, I don't know how, but to, to look back at sets that they've done because they've really, in my mind, set the standard for the Minneapolis yes. improv uh, scene yeah. um, and uh, in such a great way that it, I, I think that's why we all. You know, I think anyone would mention Splendid Things and they fi- should. You know, you know, if finger Philip gun didn't. And, <laughs> and, 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 and any anybody that saw Splendid Things should mention them. Uh, yeah, because they're yeah. so good. So it's important to keep their memory alive. Second wave feminist nightmare enclave. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm I'm thinking of the groups where I laughed so hard that I had to stop myself from laughing, or I would have started to like pass out. Right, uh, <laughs> right, right. And wow. uh, that. That has happened with all three of those groups. And what makes you what What do you think makes you laugh so hard at those groups? As opposed to the laugh a minute of diorama or out of time. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, right. I think that there's a, a a certain sense of absurdity that those groups are able to capture. Sure. Uh, and I'm a big fan of absurd humor. Uh, finding the absurdity in you know daily things, uh, and and you know highlighting it and taking it to a you know, starting with a, a, a regular level and then heightening to the point of absurdity, but holding on to that grounded point. Uh, it's so funny that you say that because I think that's why um, I always get scared to perform with you. <laughs> Not in a bad way, but because I, we have in a bad way. really similar thoughts and yet mine is just a little bit opposite uh-huh. because I like to find the absurd thing and bring it down to a normal level. And I go the other direction. And you go the other direction, uh-huh. which is really fun on stage. But I'm also like afraid that you're going to make me like an animal who has to like walk around. <laughs> I don't know. But like sure. it's the same with like Aaron Shepard. I'm always like, don't make me move, please. <laughs> it's, but then I always go on stage and the juxtaposition or the, the contrast is always really fun. But that's sure. interesting that I, I think that's the first time I've heard you say that. And I was like, oh, my God, it's the same, but t- completely opposite. Just two sides of the same coin. Mm-hmm. And and the, those those groups are so good at it. Uh, anything Rita Borsma does. Sure. Rita Borsma, that hack. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. She's so freaking good. She's I, so good. I, she does so many things that I could just never do. I know, right? Mm-hmm. I, I I constantly, constantly grab her at comedy sports and go you know, like, like well, I shouldn't, but I like, like teach a workshop. Just teach a workshop. Do it. Yeah. Do it. And then she just kind of like, oh, shut up, Heiberg. Uh, yeah, yeah, just, uh, just, it's just old me, old Rita. I don't know what I'm doing. She, she, You're like, shut up, Rita. Teach shut the a, fuck up. Teach a fucking workshop every goddamn day of my life. Teach a workshop on how to be Rita. Yeah. How to be Rita, which is, which is dumb. <laughs> it's like TJ and Dave teaching a workshop on how to be TJ Dave. They do a really good job of doing it, but there is nobody who's going that. to be TJ and Dave. You can't. No. Yeah, there's an aspect you can't teach. Yeah. So that, That's why Drew and Matt is called Drew and Matt. It's a little, it's a homage to TJ and Dave. Just, just like everyone else whose name like, uh, just put their name in the. <laughs> we were the first in the Twin really? Cities area Bulgar, to do that. Come on! Wow, because everyone's like, "That's too easy. You can't do that." <laughs> um, and that's that's why we did it. We weren't trying to do their style or anything like that, but just because we like them a lot. 
Which is weird because like they don't, which is odd too, because like, you know, Splendid Things and TJ and Dave are so completely far apart from each other in so many ways. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Like I'd never see TJ and Dave ever do anything that is, uh, that's, I don't know, wacky and absurd. It it, 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 it winds up getting kind of bizarre. The character still has this tether to reality that's like, I could have met that guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I could have met that person, you know. Um, yeah, they're so, and that's so different from kind of the, the comedy that you, or from the improv that you were like, yeah, I, I really I, enjoy I more this. appreciate them. <laughs> and like, it's like, holy shit, what they do is amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the difference between good and like. Mm. Their, uh, their improv is incredibly good. Is it the stuff that I like watching the most? No, mm. uh, but it, sort of like so like classical music and dubstep. I get yeah. it. Yeah. One thing that I don't know why this is this is not in response to any question, so this is a terrible segue. But something that was rattling around in my head from a different question you guys asked earlier was over time next at bat. Like we did start out like kind of wanting to highlight groups, like groups that were performing and it kind of came out. I don't remember who started saying some things like this first, but Next Step Bad has kind of become a little bit of a chronicle of Mm. the burgeoning improv scene. Yeah, it makes sense. It's so so hard to chronicle, uh, coming from Austin, it's so hard to chronicle these things. And when you have... The more photographers you have, like chronicling these things, you don't even realize it until you start looking back to your Facebook feed and like, holy shit! And they're taking photos of things that weren't even, that weren't even uh, like necessarily even good shows, but they mm-hmm. look amazing. Or when yeah. we, but when mm-hmm. we're sitting here and we're talking about the philosophy, like you're finding out like what you, uh, what you and Philip are believe in 2016 in October 2016. Yeah. And if you go Which on, if we go next year, exactly yeah. next year, we'll ask again. So it's this bizarre. It's not just a chronicling of right of of, of the of the troops, but also right. of your minds at that moment. Mm-hmm. I find it infinitely fascinating. The more chronicling we can do, the better. I think. But that's it, yeah. It sort of reminds <laughs> me. Uh, I mean, not not of course in quality, but um, the way that uh, Stanislavski worked back in the late teens and twenties. In that, like, he had all of these amazing ideas uh, of methods and stuff like that for acting. But because of the closure of Russia's borders, there were only, like, uh, people were only allowed in the country to work with him for short periods of time. So, like, Stella Adler would go over there and she would get to work with him for this, you know, very short amount of time. And then she would come back over and be like, he has figured out acting and uh, and now this is the answer. Richard Boleslawski would go over there and study with him and come back and be like, emotional recall is the answer and be completely different from Stella Adler. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so like over the course of Stanislavski's work, he uh, came up with like 27 different methods. But each of these Americans that went over there yeah. thought that the thing that he was working on at the time yeah. was the one answer. Yeah, mm. um, I find the same thing with Del Close and the Herald. I find the same, or 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 or, or Keith Johnstone mm-hmm. uh, to some extent, McNapier. You know, like from other people. Like you know, and, and and it's odd. Like Casey, you were talking about like Minneapolis improv. 
mm-hmm. like owing so much to these to these uh, these groups. And mm-hmm. I completely agree. I feel like in every city, in every in every improv city I've ever been in or seen across the world, it seems like everybody's uh, like the journeyman improvisers are constantly uh, subconsciously. Uh, doing things that conform to the frame of reference set by the apex improvisers in their city. Even if the apex improvisers weren't good in certain places, the apex improvisers just somebody like, Hey, I heard about improv about a year ago. You know, I'm going to go, I'm going to go start my own theater. And they just had a lot of gumption Mm -hmm. (laughs) created Mm -hmm. the thing. They're like, here's the whole key. And I'm going to say it over and over again. You got to say all your who, what, where in one line and one deck line. Then their scene will be great. Oh, and then you God. wind up seeing that. And, and then all of the improvisers all will the do improvisers that. All the improvisers wind up yeah. doing that I mean, for a long time until that becomes a prison that they must break through free from. Right. At some point, like, eh, this is kind of bullshit. Can we do our own thing? Or some, or really, usually what happens, somebody from some other town comes in and goes, and, and what like, the fuck are you doing? Yeah, yeah, you don't have to do that. Right. Yeah. Which yeah. I do want... Yeah, next to bat, we've had 95% local groups. We've had a couple of out-of-town groups, mm-hmm. and yeah. I do want to do more out-of-town Had Joe groups. Bill on here. Oh, wow, name, name dropper. Drop. Mark, wow. Mark Sutton. I'm, I'm, I'm wow. kind of out-of-town. Out <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I do want to do, we do want to do more out-of-town groups yeah. and just to both get their perspective and then see how that reflects on us, mm-hmm. see what we're doing that... Yeah, is weird to the world. <laughs> yeah, because because well, honestly, because Minneapolis improv is different than anything I've ever seen, mm-hmm. and it, maybe you could say that about every city, but it really, really different. Like it, it has its own thing that I don't even I couldn't I couldn't create a taxonomy of it, and I felt like I had enough knowledge to be able to, to be categorize. able to create some yeah. kind of taxonomy, and I'm still trying to figure it out. I mean, I've got enough, I got theories now as to how things have evolved here, but um, and I think they're pretty good, but. Uh, still, like it's its own thing, and it's great. It's mm-hmm. really great too. And you want to be talking to other people, like Bet Bentley just moved here, yeah, from uh, UCBLA. Who's awesome? Uh, she's awesome. She's great. She's been yeah. great. And to hear her say a lot of the same things, it's just like this is bizarre. Or even notice different aspects that I noticed when I got here that was just fascinating to me. Uh, right, like you, you can see that there's that there are these things where like this is what this is what our audience is like. And maybe it is, maybe it isn't, but like it's definitely like a, a kind of movement in, in a, a monolithic direction, which is like most of the other cities. And it takes a while for things to start to branch out and go, well, we're going to, well, let's try this. Let's try mm-hmm. this over here. I haven't seen this before. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to see how our community changes because it's been growing so rapidly in the last, I'd say, three years. Mm-hmm. I, I'm curious to see how that, how it changes. And, you know, there's this, demographic of people like like me who started with huge in the twin cities mm-hmm. you know coming up through that and the, i'm interested to see where where those people end up because right now i feel like we're kind of like in the in between where we're not new and shiny anymore right but we're also not yeah. um the the people who who helped to establish things so right. it'll right. be curious <laughs> to see what happens with that group and then all the new people coming in, what kind of energy and new things they bring. And it'll be interesting to see. And, and it's, it, it'll be curious to see if new theaters pop up. Yeah. And I think probably one theater is not going to sustain. Oh, at, at this point. No, it already isn't. I mean, yeah. we already, you know, we use, you know, there's those brew provs that are happening right. and that, yeah, no, it won't sustain. It's just a matter of when and how. Mm. Are you about to drop some news? 
<laughs> Philip is opening a new theater. Oh, it's, in his, it's in his garage. <laughs> the Simondet the Theater. Yeah. It's, it's called uh, Hats for All. Yeah. Oh, do we have to wear your hats? Yes. Mm. Yeah. It's a speaking hat. Uh, it's a new thing in improv where only the person wearing my hat can speak. Ooh, it's to I choose to be silent. About sharing focus. About <laughs> sharing focus. It's, a, it's Harry Potter already. Group mind. I, I I have other questions, but Please. Yeah, go. I will sit here for all forever. I kind of like gets back, and honestly, I, I like Casey's question was the was the correct question. You know, like uh, was like, what's your philosophy of improv? It's just such a it's such, a, such a hard thing to chip away mm-hmm. at. Oh, uh, by the way, Matt, your answers were wrong. The correct answers were M for W oh, and about it. time yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and a diorama. Thank those you. are the those are the correct no, answers. Sense. Thank you, Philip. <laughs> Fuck you, Matt. Uh, I, I will say that over the life of uh, of Next at Bad, I think that my I can say this for me for sure, probably for you too, though, Philip. My improv philosophy I've picked and chose uh, from all the different guests, yeah, uh, what they've said, uh, and taken bits of knowledge and shoved it into my little improv sack. Mm-hmm. And your bindle, my bindle, your little, your little improv hobo bindle, my hobo bindle, <laughs> and uh, I mean, and I think that for me at least, I f- I feel like philosophically, I've probably grown a lot faster than I would have had this show not existed. Oh yeah, because it's uh, supposed to be a weekly thing where you're like really yeah. thinking about it. it's, it's like a hundred episode thing. And how often do we get a chance to actually see? You know, like actually get it, try and genuinely try and get into someone's brain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, without without throwing our own ideas. Yeah. <clears throat> and why are you looking at me, Casey? Like <laughs> that? Why are you just giving the stink eye? Okay, never It is hard though because, like, for someone like me, if someone asked me that, I'd be like, I don't know, because it, that like starts to go into the realm of me feeling like a hack. Uh, just because improv to me, it, it just, it comes easy and, and it, and I don't think too much about it. Right. Um, but I have had to force myself to start thinking about it because I'm teaching now. Um, and so, you know, students being asking questions and asking why, well now it forces you to be like, yeah, well, You're like, well, stop, well, asking yeah stop asking questions. <laughs> it's nice to have a platform to actually yeah. dive into it and be like, why do I like the certain things or why do I continue to do the certain way and these habits and stuff yeah do you find that you've learned more about your your own improv since you've started teaching yeah absolutely yeah it, it's fun because i'm teaching 101 right now right and it's fun to be back in uh just kind of the basics yeah and and to have some really talented students who are already wanting to jump to like step seven and it's fun to see the enthusiasm. Yeah. And, yeah. and you don't want to squander that. But I'm also because like so some of them came and saw a show of mine and they were like, um, so you say not to say no, but you said no a lot. And that was about time. And and me and Kenny do play a lot. We pimp each other a lot. And, and but, but because there's years of, yeah. you know, the same answer, course, you yeah. have to be able to. Drew and I do that shit all the time. Right. And 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 so it was so interesting to have this conversation of like, you're correct. I did break a rule. And it. And learning how to communicate that to students. And obviously you just, you know, you say the, you got to learn the rules before you can break yeah. the rules yeah. and all that, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But it's really exciting to be like, yes, that is exactly the things you should be thinking about. Because now that student is now like, oh, okay, so here's this rule. And I'm going to think even harder about that rule because my God, this, that road leads to like a lot of roads. And I still feel uh, a bit of a, a bit like a hack, but I think that's a very common 
feeling. A um, hack as a teacher is a hack as a performer. Hack as a per, uh, both. Mm. Yeah, both. I don't. I don't know that I've ever met a good teacher who didn't have like a ton of self doubt. Absolutely. Yeah, and I and I it doesn't cripple me. Yeah. Um, I, I think if anything, it makes me think harder about yeah. stuff. But you know, same with I can relate to Rita. In if anyone asked me to do a workshop, I yeah. would be like, "What? No! Like I can't." <laughs> or if someone's like, "Hey, I really want to do what you do on yeah. stage." Um, there's no answer for that. Yeah. And I don't think anyone can have an answer for that. And if you do, then you're thinking too much on stage, in my opinion. Right. But yeah, it's it's so... And that's, I think, what I really like about improv, too, is it's so individual and mm-hmm. you can... It's it's beautiful. And, and it changes with people's lives changing, too. And yes. that's I think that's a really beautiful thing, too. Jill Bernard is very right when she says that you are enough uh, mm-hmm. and right. whatever you bring to the stage is uh is perfect the eunice she doesn't say that part um but the the eunice of your actions are are going to be plenty Uh, i have no idea what you just said the eunice yeah i don't know what that is i want to use that word though it sounds cool what is it it either sounds cool or inappropriate (laughs) you just make it i just make it up words the hairy of your (laughs) the like how much you yeah uh Oh, the you you are what makes your improv. You are what makes your improv unique. Yeah, it's not overthinking things or choosing the right fucking response or something like that. Yeah, Uh, or making sure that you have X percentage of space work. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's it's just bringing your perspective. Can we talk about can we talk about teaching? Because you teach and you coach, right? I do. Yeah. Uh, Philip, do you teach and coach? No. Heck no. Why not? I don't know. I haven't yet. Are you are you interested in doing it? I do. I. I. That's definitely. I do think that's do the next step for me. I do interest. I do think that's the next step. I think I should start thinking about that soon now. Yeah, we we started together, and then I feel like I went harder finding more performance opportunities, and Matt went into more teaching opportunities. I think that that's true. Um, Although I'm a teacher by profession, mm-hmm. so. So that's an easier path to go down. Mm-hmm. Uh, my question of pretty much any teacher, again, this is always like for people who teach Matt, this is to you. In a, an art form uh, that really has no tests, mm-hmm. uh, no real, uh, no verifiable answer from any peer group, you know, not like math or anything like that, and uh, has a thing where breaking the rules can be something that's so wonderful. Uh, that it's better than if you had ever stuck with the rules. Um, and I always use a splendid thing. I'll use a splendid things example uh, here later. But how do you avoid bullshitting yourself? Oh, that, that's a really good question. So, like in, in the case of uh, like what Casey was talking about, with you know, if a student says, "Well, if they come and see a performance of mine," and they're like, "Well, you said no on stage a lot," which that sort of thing has happened to me before. I actually don't teach them to n- not say no. Uh, I teach them that disagreeing as characters is fine. Mm-hmm. Disagreeing as actors is not fine. Yeah. And as soon as they understand what that means, then they can start saying no. Right. There has to be an agreement of the scene about the yep. uh, the environment, the reality. Yep. But in that, you can have disagreements. Right. But- it, yeah, that's a fine line, though. It's hard. Absolutely. It's really hard. And so that's why I say as soon as they understand exactly what that means and as soon as they understand what 
serving the scene means, then they can start you breaking the rules. The but until then, these are the rules that you follow. So this is a this is a question to expand on that question. Uh, this is a question, and I have to have some kind of uh, basis to show. Have you and I, you and I talked about standard improviser exercise format? Maybe. Yeah, I think so. Okay, so this is, this is the baseline, and you know, to get to the question to. Um, Standard improviser exercise format for is a fucking concept that I made up my own bullshit uh, thing. But um, it works like this, right? You get two people on stage. You tell this person, I don't know, man, uh, uh, you're only going to speak in five words. You're going to wait five seconds after yeah. then. You're going to move around. Right. You're going to you're going to keep a distance apart. Um, afterwards, the two improvisers do the thing. You side coach them. Uh, you know, to make sure the scene stands on track. Hey, what are the names? You know, what's the where? Oh, why react? You know, say it, those kind of things. And eventually the scene winds up getting to a place where there approaches something that has some kind of finality to it, where maybe it's probably, it's probably a button. Is going to say, it's just a minute. It's going to be a button. Uh, and, and you're going to go, and you're going to, and you as the instructor are going to go, yay! And then everyone will clap and that will be the thing. And then you're going to do this. You're going to say, uh, okay, how did that feel? And one, and the first person who you ask is going to kind of go because you know you are a member of authority. I'm not saying you, Matt, like one, yeah, right. Um, uh, we've the all royal you, the royal you, exactly. Um, they're going to, they're going to go. Uh, uh, yeah, I, um, I, uh, yeah, like the, the, you know, the fact that I, uh, you know, stayed away from, uh, you know, the, I didn't say as much, you know, allow me to, you know, invest in character and, uh, yeah, create a more, more, more ground. Yeah, they're just looking for an answer. That's they're looking for the answer yeah. they think you're going to give that you that you want, even though you genuinely just want to know what's in the brain to yeah. see if did I am I fucking up this exercise or is there a way to I can can tweak this to make you the best improviser you can be and of course the other person gets a, has more time now to think of their bullshit answer mm -hmm. uh, and so they wind up walking it toward what they think you might want and of course when they don't walk it toward what they want, want maybe you're the kind of instructor who goes like well you know what actually what I thought was and then you want it telling everybody like oh fuck I got the wrong answer and they go cool okay well good uh, next, uh, next two people up and the next two people will come up and you repeat it again so this is a, this is a real common thing it's, I, I, the reason I call it standard improviser exercise format Sorry, I'm speaking so quickly because I want to get to your answer. Um, is that uh, the reason I call it that is because it's something that gurus use and greatly. It's something that anybody can use right out of 101 and just like I want to run an improv class, but I don't know what I'm doing. And and the and the and the how good that winds up coming from uh, the good that comes from that usually winds up coming from the people actually doing their actual homework, which is hard if they're trying to curtail to who they think is the authority figure. Right. And so if that's true, how is you as an authority? Viol Spolin talks about this, right? She's like, oh, fuck, yes. the teacher's poison. Is I, that the I was going to bring up. Okay, great, great, good, yeah, awesome, good. Right. Uh, but like, how do we, how do we keep ourselves from believing our own bullshit and getting high off our own supply when so many people are trying to, how do we not become Donald Trump is what I'm trying to say. Because <laughs> that's what happened to him. Sarah Palin, same thing that happened to her. You know what I mean? Like just enough people telling him that, oh yeah, you're, yeah, 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 that's the answer you want to hear. And then you wind up believing mm -hmm. your own bullshit mm -hmm. and then not at the detriment of anybody who comes to the classes. How do you, how do you go about like uh, preventing that. Sorry for the super long setup, but so <laughs> how do you how do you stop the the the, cycle. the not real communication from occurring, the not real feedback from occurring? Yeah, man. Okay, well one one thing that I do is I I write down what I think happened in the scene, um, and then when the the scene is over, 
first i i just i do try to do verbal feedback because it's faster and if i feel like that's happening if there's some blocks which usually there is uh then i'll switch to um having the the students after the scene is over discuss what happened and having the back line also discuss what they think happened I, I never get the back lines input unless I ask them like a yes, no question, mm-hmm. but that way they're at least thinking about it actively. Uh, and then for, for feedback after they have a chance to discuss, then they're grounded and they feel kind of more in solidarity with each other. Uh, and I find that they feel much more confident in their responses at that point. You try and create a solidarity between students. Yeah. So they are like, okay, cool. cool. So that then they feel more confident to be able to give you a real answer as opposed to a, as opposed to a um, uh, the bullshit answer that they think you want to hear, right? I want to know what you what you were going to say about Vale Spolin. I'm trying to remember what I was going to say about Vale Spolin, <laughs> uh, uh, but I, I mean this traces back to like exercises in Spolin, Stanislavski exercises, even right, 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 like right, back right. to like Del Arte exercises. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I find that that helps quite a bit, and then also to try to like physically uh, take a position of less authority. You like sit down on like uh, and Johnston does that. Like he'll sit down on the floor and sit on the floor. Yeah, sit on the floor. See, Jill do that. Um, or like if I stand, I'll stand off kilter, like yeah. lean yeah. against the wall, things like that. Do you ever introduce it as in like this is just an experiment? I don't know if it'll work or. Uh, I haven't done that no, but that's something I could try. Um, but th- there's a lot of different things that I'll do to try to make it more conversational. Not have them necessarily stand in the middle, like where they're, you know, feeling on the spot Mm -hmm. for the feedback portion. You know, let them be comfortable while talking about that stuff because it's it's off putting, especially at first. Once they feel comfortable and safe, then it's much, much easier. Fuck you, teacher. What are you talking about? (laughs) I mean, it's it's not that, but it's just natural instinct that especially in like one on one classes, they have the hackles up and Mm -hmm. they're not sure. They want to do it right. Yeah, they want to do it right. They there's this natural instinct that they're going to be made fun of. Uh, or half of them are not even wanting to perform perform improv. They're right. just wanting to be yeah. better at talking at work. Right. Which, so the notes so, are different. For and, each and, and they're there because they feel like they're bad at talking, and now they're being asked to talk right. in front of everybody. Ooh, this about is a good segue stuff. to Philip right here. <laughs> I do have to say though, I think because we were talking about how in conversations when people say "How are you?" Yeah. It's 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 become this thing of it's another way of just saying hi and acknowledging because then the person says, I'm good. How about you? I'm good. Okay, bye. We acknowledge each other. I think the question of how did that feel is the same thing. It's just a, it, that is just a filler because of course it didn't, it, really it maybe point. it felt good, but for a, especially one one mm-hmm. um, I don't, I don't know. I'm numb. Like yeah. I'm scared. I just did something for the first time <laughs> or it felt really shitty, but I can't say that because then everyone, everyone else will know that I'm, feeling shitty can't be me I'm the only person that it felt shitty for right and and everybody else is saying good yeah (laughs) and like right and so I think that's a similar thing it's like you can't that's a question and it's an easy question to fall into and I do it all the time but then it needs to be a question of um like a a random like so to give context 
Eric was talking about how he's lately been asking people, what time did you wake up this morning? Instead of how, how are you? Because then it leads to more interesting things. Surprisingly. Surprisingly and quickly. And so finding those questions that elicit what we're really actually wanting to get out of it because, okay, yeah, it wasn't a great scene. Oh, well, it's one oh one. We're not working on, we're not working on, uh, doing great scene work. We're doing like, you literally opened your mouth and said something. You won. You did it. You're great. Yeah, and that that's true. I, but then I, for the people who want more, great. Yeah. Let's let's talk more. Let's keep this ball rolling. I should I should have said that. Um, asking specific questions, not just like how did that feel. Yeah. How did that feel is a bullshit question. It is a bullshit question. And but it's an easy bullshit question an, to ask. Just like how are you? How well, are you? And, and, oh, that's really. I I love you so much. I never tied those two together, but it's great. And, <laughs> and, and it's a. Uh, I, I think it's a, a easy way for the instructor to continue to feel like they're in power um well yeah and it's easy to have power and improv you don't nobody can Big say time. nobody can check your math no. there is no math right you know nobody right. can check your math and uh, can i can i give my splendid things example yeah. that i fucking sure. love so much mm-hmm. um i use this all the time there's a scene uh eric noble comes out in the middle of the stage i might have actually said this at next at bat before eric noble comes out on stage he goes starts doing some space work he's only got like like a couple seconds of space before michael ritchie comes out from behind the flats and he goes, and he and he comes out, and he goes, Jacob, you must change like that, right? And uh, uh and um, before he even, before Michael Rich even gets that out of his mouth, uh, uh Eric Noble goes, no. <laughs> 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 and I, this, the thing is, we can even laugh because we kind of know splendid things. But even if we didn't, like, there's this aspect of it. And I remember there's so many moments like that, so many moments. And I would come to them afterwards, and I would go. And I would come to Eric Noble, or I'd come to Michael Ritchie, and I, or I'd come to Hannah, and I would say, I'd say, what the fuck? You're doing things I never would ever in my entire ever think about doing. Yeah. Like, this sounds so, like, I wouldn't do it. And I kept thinking I'm going to get this answer. And every time, the answer was always like, don't, don't, don't do that. That's just bad improv. Don't do that. That's just bad improv. I just did bad improv there. Don't do that. And I, I, I fervently disagree. I, I just, with the ideas of exploring also. how that wasn't bad improv, I'm only just now starting to understand after like 11 years. I'm like, oh my God, I understand what's going on now. And it wasn't important that, you know, when he said no or yes or whatever, fuck that rule, man. It's not, and it's not about the rule. It's just that I think we, just like the, how are you? We haven't explored beyond the rules because a lot of times we don't feel like we have to. Don't ask questions. Know each other beforehand. Right. Don't do negotiation scenes. Don't do transaction scenes. These kinds of things, we didn't really, really explore the depths of why that is because it would probably be like a 75-minute conversation with one-on-one students who are really just trying to figure out how to say something on stage spontaneously. <laughs> what, they're not interested in the theory behind transaction no, scenes? No, never have though- me as a coach or a teacher or instructor on anything. <laughs> be the longest class <laughs> it would be weeks and we'd never get anything accomplished but i think it also relates to life so like for yes. me personally yeah. Yeah, i yeah. i suffer uh from when i meet someone new and i really like them my first thought is oh, i don't have time i don't have time like this is a burden like my first thought is it's a burden yeah <laughs> uh, and i'm working on that uh but it's the same thought of diving deeper is is that means that you have to invest and that means that you have to you can't just have um sympathy you have to have empathy yeah uh and i think that's really hard for people but like 
like for me with all my openness on, on Facebook with everything that I'm going through right now, it has only enriched my friendships, which has helped me to be like, oh, people aren't burdens. And, and just because I don't have time for everyone all the time doesn't mean that when we do see each other, it can't be rich. Like high quality. High yeah. quality. Right. And, and that's, that's something that um, I don't know how I relate that to my improv personally, but I do know that my quality of life has increased by volumes because I no longer put energy into things that don't put energy into me. Mm-hmm. And that's such a simple concept. But I think if you really look back and you really evaluate everything that's in your life and you kind of clean house as mm-hmm. it is, I did mm-hmm. air quotes, the the amount of space you're given then. And I imagine with improv, if I'm going to relate that, is the more space you give your scenes or your study or your partners, the, the, the deeper and or more your deep, students or your students. Yeah. yeah. It's just, huh? Interesting. Okay. This is a thought that I went on on, yeah. my, on the air. We're on like the air. Like Terry it. gross. <laughs> yeah. It's also uh, when you're first starting out in improv, I think a, a, a thing is you don't want to say no um, to everything mm-hmm. because you're told not to. Uh, and so you get someone who wants you to be in a group with them and you're kind of like, but you're like, well, I got to say yes because, you know, no one else might ask me ever. And so Mm -hmm. then you find yourself and and I found myself in this, like in a ton of groups. And, and so then you're only giving a certain amount to those Mm -hmm. groups. And, and I've really scaled back a lot on that. And, and so then you have just the quality and you're, because it should be fun at the end of the day, we're all just having fun. So it's true. Deep thoughts by Casey. <laughs> well, I kind of wanted to, like, I wanted to, I wanted to find out more about, like, like, because you're talking about, like, people just learning how to speak, and uh, and clearly, I never had that problem. <laughs> so what? No, no, Casey. Uh, uh, so this is. A- I remember the first time you yeah. came over to one of my bonfires. Uh, <laughs> I have bonfires in my ho- at, at, in my house. Nope, at my house outside. I met you before. Controlled. Well, in your first house. In, yeah, right. And when I brought no, a queso no, no. over? Oh, yeah. God, your queso. Oh, but queso so I remember. Good. Love your queso. I remember you, being you intimidated by we you because Aww. I've never met anyone who thinks about things more than you. Wow. wow. Holy Truly. shit. Please make Truly. that. T- please make that come into the. Please let that get into the fucking edit. Matt oh, McLeod, yeah. don't you fucking kill that thing. I'm going to fucking frame that. That's going on your tombstone. Uh, You're literally like, I'll just be like, oh, well, the sky's blue because it's blue. Oh, well, Celine Dion. And then, but you are like, no, 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 no. How does this. How did it? And you dive deep, and and, my, and how does that affect birds? Like right, yeah, and yeah, then it's yeah. like, and then we're going there, and then it's, and you are so truly passionate. Yeah, like you have theories in your head. Yeah, all the time. I never and remaking and destroying and remaking. That is not, in my mind, right. A typical thing. Right. Like most people just are like, well, it is what it is, and just tell me what to think, and I'll do it, and it's that's true, fine. It's easy. It's easy. You. Do not go easy. And I, it's, it's, it's crazy though to me because, but my, my previous self who looked at things as going deeper was a burden and I don't have time for that. I, I have a life. I have a pug. He takes up all my time. Uh, What? what? Yeah. What? What? Uh, Mommy loves you. uh, If you're listening. Uh, He's not listening. Uh, But my previous self would have been like, oh man, like 
Eric, man, like he's going to like, I can't because I can't even, I can't, I don't even know what level he's on. But now I love to just, I feel like when I'm around you, I just like, I'm like, take me, take, I put a helmet on. I put a, but, but in a, in the, in the most loving way, I mean this, that it's like, it's like I, I put my helmet on and I'm like, and I get into the sidecar over your motorcycle and I'm like, okay, take me where you want to take me. Wow. I've never looked at these things this way. Standard improviser exercise format. I tell that to people sometimes and they just kind of get real depressed. I'm like, no, 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 that's not what I meant. That's not what I meant. They're like, oh, I fucking done that. Like, no, 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 we all do it. It's fine. It's not a, it's not a, it's not an indictment on it. It's just like, this is what happens. They all have the same. Thing, right. You know? No, it you force people to to take a a, a deeper look. And well, I appreciate that. I think the only reason I I might do things a little bit differently is because I have a teacher background. And when I see students shut down, yeah. I immediately switch tactics. You know what to do. Yeah. Because in improv, improv, we're like, uh, someone's shutting down. Uh, take over, take over. <laughs> well, yeah, everybody you know? has a different freakout yeah. response. You know, I've been teaching for 14 years and 13 years. I don't remember. Yeah, yeah. And, God bless you. Um, <laughs> yeah, man. And so, <laughs> like, it's just, it's kind of second nature to switch tactics. Ch- I'm, I'm, and I have, like, one of the reasons why I don't teach or instruct or, or even coach, I'm not a coach list or anything, mm-hmm. uh, is because... I don't know how to switch tactics and I don't know how to, I know what a good teacher is. I know what a good instructor is. Mm-hmm. I know what a good coach is. And I, and I'm like, I know what I want out of those things. And that's why I'm not, I'm something else. And if you want that, you can come to me and then, oh my God, I feel sorry for you, but you're going to come to me. <laughs> I don't and that's know. Fine. Drew and I got a couple of coaching sessions from you and, yeah. and we, we dug it. Yeah. Okay. So here's the thing. Back to Philip. So this. Oh, by oh, the way, Phillip's what a lovely thing. What a lovely. <laughs> oh yeah, Philip's here. One of the things. That, oh, by the way, thank you so much for the kind words. I I, I very much appreciate them and value them. So, but Philip, one of the things I, I like. I'm all like, what a bizarre way to come at. Like, clearly, I don't have a problem talking about things. But um, for somebody who comes from a place who is reticent, who might have had low stage volume when you very, very, very first started, I mean, by your own admission, yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then, but now Let teaches. Let me answer for Philip. Yeah. But, but now, <laughs> but now teaches, you know, has t- taught a class that I missed, but you know what I mean? Like uh, about how to increase your volume on stage. That's the class you want to take. Yes. You want to take it from that guy, yeah. man. Mm-hmm. And so the, my question comes from uh, in overcoming things. Uh, how how and why did you decide to do improv? And yeah, exactly. That's yeah, a good I, story. Yeah. yeah. Do, Which, you me, do you want me to tell it? <laughs> <laughs> well, we I mean, we just talked me. about this, yeah, but the did. episode's not out yet. It's, yeah. It'll be. Oh, I believe well, it'll then, be next fuck. week's. I'll give the short version, but okay. in in Bennett's episode. Yeah. Which should be the next episode okay. to come out after this. Uh, I talk about how I did. Had when I started, it was no intention of performing. It was to I was one of those everyday people that just wanted to get over uh, talking in front of people because I was like, it's still making me nervous the way you're all looking at me right now. To be honest, <laughs> to be honest, uh, be known that I've actually got out of my chair and I put my hands on the table and looked at him like, and I'm mouthing, "You better not fuck this up." I swear to God. I love uh, <laughs> He's deep breathing, and so, <laughs> and yeah, even just like you that guys talking back and forth, mm-hmm. I end up not talking a lot because I am not good at interjecting myself. Yeah. But I, what I was thinking while you guys were talking is I was relating a lot to what Casey was saying. Uh, I I think of myself as interested but not curious. 
Mm. So like, what does the fuck does that mean? Like, That's amazing. I, I, I get that? that. I'm yeah. the same way. I, with I like, don't understand. Explain. Like how Casey was saying, oh, I guess the sky is just blue. So I'm like, interested that there's a sky, but I'm not curious as to why. I'm it's not going to ask why it's blue, but yeah. if you start telling me why it's blue, I am fascinated and yeah. I want to know all about it. But I'm never going to ask. Is it? Oh, okay. Do you? I'm curious to know if this is similar. Do you, when you go to a museum, do you read the plaques, or do you let your friend read the plaque and give you the synopsis? Oh, I don't know that I have friends that would do that for me. Oh, I guess I said I friends, I but I meant husband. But I know you don't have a husband. <laughs> Because Dan is curious, not interested, and I'm interested and not curious, and so he'll read everything, and I'm so, I don't want, I just want to look at things, and then mm. be like, what is it about? And he'll give me well, a I synopsis. I want to read all the plaques. Yeah, because you, you're curious, because you're man. curious. I can only, I guess I can only read it if it's short. Yeah, Yeah, right? if it's longer, I'll get, oh, I'll just Oh, I don't know, then lost. like, like a fly f- goes by. Yeah, interesting. And it's not that I'm like an ADD no, person. No, no, I'm very, no. Like, Absolutely, but, no. But it, I'm not curious enough to read a full page about it right interesting okay um interesting or curious (laughs) interesting um oh i also wanted to bring this around to philip's corner especially when you were talking about not asking just robot bullshit questions that's that's where what philip's corner became thank you josh awin it originally josh awin proposed because matt would interview and i would not talk for the first half yeah Mm -hmm. he proposed a section where it would be Philip's corner, and his proposal was: I would ask the same questions every time, right? And the answer would always be purple. Yeah, interesting. Like, <laughs> okay, okay, right. But we never did that. Yeah. Instead, I would just ask people random questions, and it is it is the idea of cutting through the bullshit to something interesting. Mm. I think the first Philip's corner question I ever asked way before this was a thing. This was like I was maybe in high school. And I just randomly asked my dad if he had ever played the banjo. And I've never seen my dad play any instrument. Yeah. There's no reason for question. me to ask that. But his answer was, yes, he <gasps> took banjo lessons for a year. Like, what the fuck? There's no way I was ever going to get to that bit yeah. of information unless I asked a random from nowhere question. Yeah. And even and even people who and even people who talk all the time, Casey quit looking at me. Even the people who talk <laughs> all the time, uh like you might not find out all the really interesting shit about them. Because you're just hearing what they don't. like to you tell usually people. Don't. Yeah, yeah, you usually don't. Exactly stuff. what Philip just said. You're getting yeah. their best version of themselves. They're getting what they like you're to present. You're getting the Facebook version of yeah. themselves. Yeah. 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 What they even like to talk about. Like they're just the thing that's pr- primarily on their brain for the day. Like, oh I had a hard time with an Excel spreadsheet, but you know when I fucking hear about that, like I whatever I, Adam Litz, yeah, <laughs> Ooh, name drop. Uh, oh, Adam's greatest. So that. yeah, so I that's know, I do that at parties now. If there's a lull in conversation and you're like sitting, and then everybody's like, oh, that's gotta be validating. If I'm ever just sitting alone with someone and don't know what to talk about, like yeah. if it's just an awkward, like a priest. Like, yeah, you just, yeah. what's a bizarre question to ask it, right now that no one would ever ask? And the thing is, I feel you like we, have we a kind dating, of, yeah, um, I feel like there's this thing of like, like, uh, we kind of shy away from icebergs. I used to ask, I still do this where I say, show me the last, I haven't seen you. Like if I haven't seen you in two weeks, I want to see the last 10 photos in your phone or show me, uh, the last, your last 10 searches or a mix and match. Uh, cause I find that so much more fascinating. Uh, but like it always feels like an icebreaker, like we don't know each other, but it's not that. It's just that, like, when you get together with people, and I remember back in Dallas, I used to get together with the same 20 people, 
and we always just basically gravitated around one the or, or one person who was the social worker who worked in like the, 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 you know, like the bad neighborhoods of Dallas because she always had some really interesting thing about how, uh, you know, how somebody got stabbed in the throat and or whatever people selling drugs outside her place. So there was always the interesting thing. If you ask anybody, ask me how work was, which is so much of my day. Yeah. Uh, what the fuck am I going to tell you? Like, Oh, well I did some stuff where the object oriented. Oh, fuck. I mean, I'm bored. And so it's hard to even have that, that, triggered response of like mm-hmm. oh oh i do have something to talk about i do have something interesting there is something interesting it's even our our self-identity of how we look at ourselves as a, maybe not a very interesting person and i think that's the i think that one being you know, a problem like we're always way more interesting than we even understand mm-hmm. so even we can't even give the best version of ourselves we're just giving a, a, most of us are just giving like i don't know uh, stuff <laughs> well, <laughs> i know stuff <laughs> i was driving yeah. in a car with lupe the other day um to comedy oh, sports shit that's Perfect. an interesting feller right yeah and yeah oh my gosh just wonderful genius improviser uh in person but so he got in the car and i was like hey what's new a total bullshit question and he said well what part of my life do you want to know about what's new and like and that's beautiful because then you can take the control too when you get a bullshit uh question Mm -hmm. you can turn it around and that was beautiful because i was like oh what do i actually want to know and i wanted to know about his music so i asked that and so then he talked to me about what about was braver, new in his yeah. music. Yeah, about Braver. So yeah, we can, even if you get bullshit thrown at you, you can turn it around and make it into a mm-hmm. pumpkin pie. Yeah. Well, there are a lot of great things about Fellows Corner, but uh, I mean, Philip and I, I think it's safe to say that we kind of play character versions of ourselves on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the relationship that we have on the show is not the relationship that we have in real life right Ooh, um, lovers i don't know no no i mean it's this sort of sometimes they're very contentious yeah yeah mm. very contentious. like a married couple yeah wow. uh which is funny i know uh and and so like generally my my feedback to him on the show is when like a question doesn't work but it's incredibly rare that a question doesn't work like the questions are in i mean i i i'm guessing they are pretty random for the most part, we haven't really talked about your method for coming up with questions, but but they are spectacularly effective. And generally speaking, I, I would I would say a good fifty percent of our listeners cite Phillips Corner as their like yeah. favorite part. Well, with that, ask a question, Philip. <laughs> right? Is it time for Phillips Corner? Are we doing a Phillips oh, well, Corner? We, uh, uh, I, think I think you should ask Corner. Okay. Oh, oh, fuck wow. yeah. Here, I'll give you the quick, here's here's how I come up with Philip's Corners questions, okay. uh, is I always preface it by telling them that the question's going to be bad, but your answer's going to be good. Okay. And I think that makes people really delve in and find something interesting. Yeah, like, I think yeah, you're yeah. right. Because it really can come down to, like, you, when you take a word of suggestion at the top of an improv show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what the word is. You're going to find something. And so it doesn't matter what the question is. Yeah, you'll find something. They'll find something interesting to answer out of it. I like this. I want to try it a little bit differently. Uh, the question's going to be great. Your answer's going to sh- be shit. Oh, it's, it's not Casey's Corner anymore? Oh, it's Casey's Corner. <laughs> I just took, I just appropriated <laughs> your corner. It is Casey. I'm buying you time, buddy. Just go Thank for you. it. Thank you. Uh, Do you guys have a theme song for Casey's Corner? I, oh. I, I will make one. Right now. I've got Casey's Corner. I've got Casey's Corner. I'm a Casey's Corner. Gonna have Casey's Corner. 
<laughs> that was amazing. Uh, Philip. Casey. Unlike Philip's corner, she makes no eye contact. Yeah, she's not. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, you have to make eye contact? All right. That's a stipulation that Great. I impose as well. I heard on the radio that you're supposed to change your mattress every eight years. Yeah. How many mattresses have you had in your life? Okay. Now I'm going to stop making eye contact. Okay. How many mattresses have I had? Um, growing up, probably like a crib mattress. Sure. Uh, like a like a kid bed mattress. Like they're all ham. They're probably all hand me downs. I thought you were gonna say handmade. I no. too. <laughs> oh, that'd be amazing. Uh, so Here's your hay mattress. I don't remember. <laughs> I'm gonna guess like probably two over the course of my childhood. Okay. This one's a down mattress. Uh, it's sad. In high school, I had a water bed. Ew. <laughs> God, that guy. And a Camaro and a mullet. Just imagining you in like a silk shirt too. <laughs> okay, so that's three. Little Marvin Gaye in the background. Uh, and then the mattress that I have now when I got my first, well, college, the, the borrowed those mattresses. Sure. And then when I got out of college, the mattress I have now, which now I'm realizing I is time probably time for a new one. Yeah. But, um, so what was that? Six? Yeah. Okay. Wow. Do you think the eight year rule is real or is it just the mattress people trying to make us spend money? Oh, I think everything's bullshit. Mm. I think most expiration dates are bullshit. I think you should wear a hat until you physically cannot wear it. Uh, I think if a, if a shirt has a hole in it, mm-hmm. the other 95% of that shirt's perfect. Wow. It's still an A shirt, man. Wow. Keep wearing it. As long as it's meeting your function, then it's fine. Like, if you are waking up in pain, get a new mattress. If you're fine, mm. you're fine. Great. Have you seen the movie Hoarders? TV show Hoarders. <laughs> no, I'm not. Cool. That was Casey's Corner. That's it. Um, oh, Matt doesn't get oh, one? I, oh, I have to ask both people a question? Yes. <laughs> you guys, Philip's Corner is hard. What animal do you most relate to and why? And why? <laughs> yes. And the reason I asked that question, I started thinking about squirrels. Uh-huh. And I was going to ask you if you've ever seen a squirrel go to the bathroom. But then I was like, girl, do better. <laughs> um, so you can answer either of those <laughs> I don't think I have ever seen a squirrel go to the bathroom. Right? Mm. Maybe you have, but you just don't have, like, you're not seeing the underside. No one's ever been like, oh, my God, today a squirrel peed on me or pooped on me like birds. That's true. Anyway. I'd be willing to bet that every once in a while, like, you know, when squirrels are dumb and hang out in the middle of the road. Oh, like right now. Yeah. They're all in the middle of the road. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, you're driving down the street and the squirrel, like, looks at you for a second and then darts out of the way. Probably left something. I'm going to uh, pull over and try to verify that. <laughs> <laughs> so, sorry, what was the question? The first question again? Uh, <clears throat> what animal do you most relate to? Oh, do I most relate to? And why? And, oh, God, fuck. <clears throat> yep. Well, I I recently got uh, a cat. Mm. And she's a rescue cat. And she's, uh, she's very small for, mm. for a full-grown cat. Okay. Uh, she's a little over a year old. And I am going to say I relate to her the most. 
Specifically her, not just cats. Yeah, uh, because we already kind of have this bond that's pretty, pretty, pretty good. She she really likes me, and uh, like I'll walk in the door and she comes up like a puppy, and uh, she'll meow until I pick her up and hold her like a baby, and uh, and then she'll just purr and uh, stay like. Uh, on my shoulder for about uh, a couple of minutes and like nuzzle her face into my neck cute and uh and then get up and walk around on my shoulder like a parrot for a couple of minutes and like anytime i'm sitting or lying down or whatever uh she's on my lap on my stomach whatever um but just constant uh, if I'm home. Uh, I'm sorry. All I can think of right now is the sport of J-crapping where you try and run across the street, take a dump, and then leave like a squirrel <laughs> <laughs> without getting hit by a car. Sorry, that's way, like 30, it was like a minute, 10 minutes back in the fucking wow. Do you so think sorry. that's why they're in the street? They're like, I don't want to poop where I yeah, live. It's like, the other squirrel's like, I bet you can't do it. I bet you can't take a shit before. I feel like we're giving them way too much credit for thinking. <laughs> uh, uh, maybe maybe they're you. into extreme sports. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. That was a great Casey's Corner. <laughs> that was good. That was Casey's Corner. Oh, uh, Casey's Eric, corner. you can ask one question to the both of us. That's usually customary. Like a this corner? is Eric's Corner. This is Eric's Corner. This is Eric's Corner. Eric's Corner. You can't old add your own cha cha cha. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm trying to hold up. Um. Uh, uh, um. Uh, I want to ask a I want to ask a proper bullshit question. Right? It, it's to both of us at the same time. Oh, it is. Yeah. Are you answering at the same time or every other word? Every other word. Okay. 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 Tell me about the time when your car broke down. Ooh. My car <laughs> broke down once in the desert, and then I didn't live. Wow! Yeah. Wow! You overcome so yeah, much. We died once. In the yeah, desert. we did. We died, and uh, but then shortly thereafter, we started next at bat. Yeah, you've been ghosts this whole time. Six cents, bitch! Oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> shit. Wow! Wow! We waited for the hundredth episode to make that awesome reveal. Oh, yeah, <laughs> we just shamaloned everybody. Next at bat. Well, that's our show. Uh, Once again, want to thank our guests, Philip Simondet and Matthew McLeod. Yeah, Uh, thank you. We've learned a lot, uh, and I'm I'm, I'm trying to run the outro here. Matt is going to kind of help me with certain things. Uh, Next week, we're going to have uh, the cast of The Love Boat. No, Uh, no, uh, Bennett Christensen won. Do you know Bennett? I know Bennett. Yeah, okay. Bennett uh, won the... uh, Huge hangout uh, to get an episode of Next at Bat this year. No kidding. And uh, he had the Sultans of Cilion as his guests uh, because he he was actually originally chosen to be in what ended up being the Sultans of Cilion, uh, but ended up kind of fucking it up and not being able to be in Troika. Uh, you'll hear more about it next week. Uh, it wasn't anything tragic. He, he, it was just a, a, a email screw up. Oh, no. And so we ended up talking a lot about improv specifically the question he brought to us is what have you gotten out of improv yeah he wanted us to talk about that so myself denzel elin uh john gabertatios philip 
and uh, really good question. And, and Bennett. Uh, we all talked about that for about 45 minutes and then did some improv. And that's what you'll see on the next Next at Bat. That's right. Again, uh, this time being hosted by Bennett Christensen, also not being hosted by these, not being hosted by these hacks, Philip Simondet and Matt McLeod, who are just our guests, apparently. Now that this is the new format of the show. Yeah. Uh, they just become guests, and it's just this narcissistic little, <laughs> little circle jerk for themselves. So yeah. enjoy that, yeah. podcast listeners. And, uh, and how, uh, what, how, can, how can people get a hold of us? Uh, people can get a hold no, of no, no, Next no, no. at Bat. That's, that's what you said. How can people get a hold of us, you might ask? Uh, they can get a hold of us. They can get a hold of <laughs> Next at Bat by going to uh, Matthew McLeod's house at uh, 104 Palace Street in St. Paul. <laughs> Walk up to the door, kick on it hard. Uh, hours are 11 uh, p.m. to 4 a.m. Uh, only come during those times. Leave packages if you'd like. Uh, and that's how you can get a hold of them. Uh, next at bat at gmail.com is also the email address. Next at bat podcast at gmail.com. Ne- it, what is it? Yeah. Next at bat podcast. Next at bat next at bat podcast at gmail.com. That's Holy right. shit, I was close. Yeah. Next are. at bat podcast at gmail.com is or also Facebook.com slash or Facebook.com slash next at bat. That's right. Uh, you can find out more about that. You can also find out on uh, iTunes, on iTunes uh, which is where you'll be getting this podcast, unless you're an idiot. Noise, uh, noise Picnic. Or uh, going to Noise Picnic. And, and go to Noise Picnic. Noisepicnic.com has it. Um, iTunes, uh, iTunes. if you go to iTunes, uh, just look for Next at Bat. Use a search feature on your iPhone or whatever and find Next at Bat. Add it to your podcast list. <laughs> Play on an episode that you think is good. I thought this episode was pretty good. <laughs> what what so, are some other episodes that you would think is, are good? Uh, the other episodes I would think are good, the ones that I was in. Actually, that's not true. Please don't do any other episodes uh, with me in them because I sound like Jeff Goldblum on crack <laughs> all the time. I didn't realize that until I did this do you, podcast. Do you remember all the episodes you were in? Uh, yeah, I was one early on with Drew, and Kurt, uh, Drew Kirsten and I. Yep. Um, uh, I was on with Diorama. I was on with uh, the Away Team. Yeah, I might have been on with Survivors. I'm not sure. You were. Yeah. I was. Okay, so there we go. Um, I w- I've been on a lot, and I really try not to sound like an, a maniac redacting his sentences midway. And then uh, he, you were also on which episode was he co-host? Oh, co-host? Yeah, you, it would have been one of your. Oh, it was groups. Drew and Matt. Yeah, that makes oh, sense. I feel yeah. like I feel like I have not done this as much as I want to, but I guess I have. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I wish I wish I could go do more next to Brian. It would be really fun. Uh, never mind. I guess I am included. <laughs> we after this long, long thing of Philip and Matt not including me in anything, I realized I was included the whole I, I time. I think that you've been on more episodes than anybody else, other than Philip and I. Holy crap! Okay, well, uh, I am. If this uh, show is uh, terrible. It looks like I have a lot of responsibility <laughs> as to why it's awful. And I apologize. I didn't realize I needed to give apologize. But if it's good... Casey is close. You. And Casey. Uh, Casey might be tied with you. And oh, Katie Vanelli okay. is close. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I, I can't let them win. Fuck them. All right. So, <laughs> perfect. Uh, honestly, and so that's where you can find out. Again, remember the Palace Street address because that's the main... Way to get a hold of Matt and, and, and Philip. They love to have you come to their door at night. So uh, that's the way. Uh, what else? Uh, rate and review on um, iTunes. Rate and review, you motherfuckers. If you do not put a five-star review, I swear.
swear to God, I will fucking find you. I have no ties to this show, and I don't have nothing to lose. So five-star reviews for everybody who sacks a shit. It is five. It is five out of yeah, five, right? Yeah, it's, it's not, not out of ten. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we just like to aim for the middle. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Whatever the highest review is. All right. Uh, good. Good. Um, tune in next week when. Tune in next week for Bennett Christensen, yeah. who will be hosting. Uh, actually, already said that one. Yeah. And uh, also, you know, check out the shows at Huge Theater. Uh, Survivors of the Undead Plague is playing throughout this month. It got a uh, uh, Molly Chase is directing, and she's yeah. doing an amazing she job. Did a really with the cast. nice job this year. Really changed a lot. Of things around. It was already a great show, and now it's even better somehow. Um, also, creature uh, feature. Yeah, creature features happening. Elections still happening all the way up into until the election. Until the election. So, um, election. Uh, the improvised, improvised election. Oh, sorry. The uh, uh, the improvised election you wish was real, as opposed to the real election yeah, you wish was improvised. <laughs> the, the real one is terrifying. The, the the unscripted one is still hilarious. Still hilarious. Thank God. So. Perfect. Um, yeah, lots of things to see uh, at Huge Theater as well. And uh, until next week, until as next always. Week. Until next week, this has been Eric Heiberg as your host. Uh, Casey fucked off. So. And remember, you owe me copywriting fees for Jay shitting.